This episode is brought to you by Law CPD and it's almost your final chance to enter into their competition for your free CPD points. Yes, for the months of February and March 2020, Law CPD have been running a great competition where you can win 10 CPD points, which will give you your whole year's worth of CPD as if you're a lawyer. It's a really easy competition because all you have to do is enter at lawcpd.com.au forward slash the juggle competition with your email address and you can be in the draw to win those 10 free CPD points. And if you do register, you also get $25 off your first course purchase and you are in the running. uh, I think every fortnight they're drawing two winners to win one free CPD course. So there's nothing to lose. Go and get there. And if you're wondering what it's all about, and maybe you're not a lawyer, then I can tell you that it is definitely worth your while still to enter. I had the advantage of getting an inside look at some of the law CPD courses, and I did a few of them so that I could give you some comments. One of the courses that I did was called Leadership Sins. As an employer myself, I'm obviously very conscious of always wanting to make sure that I'm doing the right thing by my employees. And it was really funny. Maybe courses shouldn't be funny, but this one was <laughs> um, because it had some really, in some ways, bad acting from some mm. actors around leadership. And, you know, I think you need the bad acting to really get the message across. So, you know, they talked of It was engaging. It was engaging. Then, yeah. yeah. It gave me yeah. a bit of a laugh and it kept my interest. So mm. rather than just reading through a heap of stuff or looking at a slide deck, just, you know, roll one through the other, you know, there were some, some great videos to break it up. And it made me think about my own leadership style, which is the point of it all. And then I did another course, which a past guest of ours, Catherine Urquhart, had actually done with Law CPD. Managing email. Managing email. Yes. Which I think is a problem for pretty much everybody I know. And at least my work email, I'm a little bit better at managing than my personal email. But I loved that in doing this course, they went beyond the, you know, she talks about the four Ds of email. We may have heard them before, delete, do, delegate, defer. And then she goes a lot further. So she talks a lot about how you can change your email settings and how it's all set up to make it easier to manage, how you can actually write emails to make email a lot more useful for the reader and and for you as yourself as well. In this course as well, there was video as well. So you actually see Catherine speaking to you and you, and you feel like she's talking to you rather than, again, just reading a lot of information. And, and there's some great little recap tests through it as well so that you get to test your knowledge and see if you've actually been paying attention. I love a bit of that. It keeps me engaged. So there you go. The courses are definitely not just for lawyers because we're all dealing with emails and leadership skills are great examples of some of the courses that they've got there. So check out the whole range at lawcpd.com.au forward slash the juggle competition. If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich. And me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Joel Lilovich here. And Lucy Dickens, welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. Last week, well actually maybe not last week, but the last episode that we did was a bit of a bonus episode on how to deal with coronavirus in the workplace as an employer and an employee. All the questions that are going on around, you know, do I have to pay my employees if they're working from home? Can I direct them to work from home? What do we do about travel and self-isolation and how do we, you know, deal with our clients, et cetera, et cetera. So what we thought we would follow that up with was an episode today on how to work effectively from home 
during a coronavirus quarantine, whether you're self-isolating because you have to or because you want to, so that you can continue to make a, a dent in your work. And particularly if schools are forced to close or if you choose to keep your children home from school, the really the angle that we're going to tackle this episode from is how you can get your work done from home during coronavirus quarantine when you've also got your kids around because they're not at school or daycare, right? Because daycares could be could be closed too. Or you might choose, like I said, to keep them home. So that's the angle that we're taking with this one. How are we going to work from home during quarantine when we have kids around? Yeah. And, you know, I really hope, and I know you and I have discussed this before, but I really hope that all of this forced remote working and flexible options is going to have a, a long-term positive effect on the increase of flexible working generally. I just really hope that people, they're being forced now to mm-hmm. make it work. So I'm hoping that leads them to go, oh, actually we we did figure out how to do it and it wasn't that bad. And maybe they actually see some increase in productivity and it's all good. Well, I think businesses will reconsider the way they offer services as well. I mean, where I work, we are very forward thinking in the way we deliver our services, mm. but we don't have an option on our website to book in for a a video conference yeah. all our options are to book in online and so we've we we do well as of today we do ah. <laughs> because of coronavirus but I said you know we should be offering this anyway yes. so instead of just making this a temporary solution we've just coded it in to all the web bookings you know they can choose whether coronavirus or otherwise whether they want to see us in person or remotely and we should be doing that anyway mm. so I think there are going to be a lot of businesses like that who are this is the prompt for them to offer services differently and also to provide for remote working and flexible working Mm. in ways that we haven't seen before so hey silver lining. They always say that a challenge you know leads to innovation and I think we're definitely in challenging times. Mm. So our top tips for dealing with remote work with kids mixed in. Yes, yes. Good fun. Well, I guess the first thing, and ironically, this is always one we start with when we talk to people about flexible working and childcare, we say they're not the same thing. So working remotely from home is not the same thing as looking after your kids from home. They're they're two different jobs, depending on the age of your children. Obviously, this is all all depends on that, whether or to what extent they're going to be happy to entertain themselves, Mm. I guess, also for how long you're isolated for, because you might be right for a couple of days and then they might get fed up. But I guess the starting point is working out between you and your partner, if you have one, who is caring for children and who is working and in that regard a roster sounds like a pretty good idea yeah I mean it's pretty obvious if you already have a partner at home who doesn't have a a job that requires them to to go out um, whether perhaps they already do do some work from home but in in the situation where they are solely caring for the children then it would most likely be them who kind of get the brunt of the caring for children at home if the daycares or schools are closed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously going to need a rest break every now and then though. So rosters are good and we've seen someone who suggested, one of our past guests actually, they've suggested a roster between husband and wife where one partner is working from 7am till I think 2pm Mm-hmm. And someone else is working 12 p.m. till like 6 p.m. And they're able to cross over in the middle time because their children sleep during that time. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. 
Uh huh. Those magical children. Yeah, <laughs> unicorn but, children. But I think when you're considering the roster, you know, think about when you work best. Do you like yes. working in the early morning? Perhaps you can get up before the kids wake up and do a couple of hours, or perhaps you like working after they're in bed and you can get some work done then. Mm-hmm. Do you like working in short blocks, or do you mm-hmm. like to have a real solid block of time? You know, five hours to really get some deep work done. And when you think about what works for you, um, then you can look at your partner again if you have one and sort of. Say, okay, well, I like to work this way. You like to work that way. How can we make that fit in a roster? Yeah, good. And then tip number two, I guess, is if you don't have a partner or maybe even just regardless, because it's nice to band together, mm. is to work out who you can kind of t- buddy up with, yeah. I guess, for want of a better term, who you can form a little mini community with to help each other. Because I know the purpose of closing schools and daycares is to reduce the chances of contamination. But there's a difference, like you said this in the last episode we recorded, there's a difference between having, you know, a small group of five people together than there is of 500. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, look around and, and see who you can that you see who you can find that's going to help you. There's some people who are saying that schools closing is necessary. There are others who are saying that schools shouldn't close, but whatever's going to happen, it you know, socializing with a, a smaller group is is going to be much easier. Agree. Good. Number three. We've got budget in some downtime because we're talking about scheduling rosters and rostering who's looking after kids and who's working and all of this feels a little bit overwhelming and a bit like life just becomes about talking about who gets to work and who gets to look after the kids. (laughs) (laughs) And that's no fun. That's kind of life often all the time really, but this will just intensify it, won't it? Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe rather than saying, oh, I've got some free time in the evening when I can work, you should actually say to yourself, I need some downtime. It's going to be more intense than ever. And I need to make sure that there is some part of the day when I know that I don't have to think about looking after kids or working. And especially with the stress that comes from the health crisis and the economic crisis, like there's all this added pressure. And even on top of that, not being able to buy your groceries at the food shop, (laughs) you know, all of these little things are all building up and people, whether they realize it or not, will be feeling the anxiety and stress as a result of that. So that all of that makes that downtime, time off, time to switch off, time to just be with your family, even more important. Mm. So what have you got for number four? Number four is to negotiate with your employer. Yeah. (laughs) So this kind of gets back to, you know, what we talked in our last episode around all of the different pieces that, that come with the fact that employers are trying to keep you safe, you're trying to keep yourself safe, you're trying to keep your children and the rest of your family safe and that's why you want to work at home or assuming that you're not forced to work from home. And there's a lot of questions that come into it around, you know, should you be paid or not be paid and and all of that. And if you are going to agree with your employer to work from home and they're going to be paying you, then there is some pressure on you to feel uh, that you're being as productive as you can be and as you Mm -hmm. would be at work. And that's going to be really difficult to do Mm -hmm. when you have Mm -hmm. children around. And I think that most people acknowledge that. Yeah. And it just means being upfront with your employer. So just saying, my children are aged two and four. It's really difficult for me when they are awake for me to get anything productive done because they just want my attention. Or it might be, I have teenage children, so I'm going to be fine to work. 
And if you can't do the hours as you normally would, it's, you know, you just kind of need to form that roster that we talked about earlier and kind of realistically calculate how many productive hours you think you can do and what outcomes for work you can achieve. And be honest about it because we're all just doing our best. Yeah. And it may be that you agree that you can't do a full full load for that week and you agree, you know, to do 75% or 50% of the work. At least you're still doing mm. something. And for the rest of the time, if you are caring for children who have been forced to be home because of closed daycares and closed schools, then you might be able to access some paid carers leave as well. Yeah. Which leads in nicely, the conversation about negotiating with your employer leads in nicely to the fifth tip, which is about communicating with your other staff, with your colleagues and with your, with your clients about your working situation. Yeah. Being open about it. Yes. Yeah. As you said, just be honest. And I think Mm. what we'll see is a lot more people working from home and a lot more people. I mean, if schools close, everyone's going to be in the same boat. How do we do our work with kids at home and, you know, do it the way we used to? Well, Mm. more than likely you just can't or the majority of Mm. people just can't. Mm. So there might be a few telephone conferences or video conferences with um screaming toddlers in the background or children making photobomb appearances on videos, uh, <laughs> which my kids like doing. Yeah. And also if it just needs to be called off, if it's just not going to work, if you've tried everything you can to get this video conference going and then you're, you know, your one-year-old just wants to hold mum or wants to not sleep or whatever, just say, you know, look, we're going to have to find another time and be okay with that. Because like I keep saying, we're all just doing our best and that's all we can do. Mm. And it might mean that that other time is at a time that you wouldn't normally do it. So it might be early in the morning or later in the evening, or it might be at a, you know, at lunchtime when you would perhaps that would be your normal, I'm not going to talk to clients during this time. And and instead you swap it around. And that might actually suit the other person quite nicely because they're probably also in the same boat, whether they've got children or otherwise, they might, they might also be in the same boat. Yeah. And if you just explain it to your clients, you know, I'm going to be working from home. My children will be at home with me. Um, I'm more than happy and I'm still going to be getting work done. Just want you to know that that's the case. You might hear a child, um, you know, your last thing you want is to be worried about appearing professional (laughs) and trying to subtly, subtly, you know, hush a child or, or tell them to go away. And you don't want to have to be doing that. It just adds so much to an already stressful situation. Yeah. And for the kids as well, that's, it's stress and it's pressure on them, which is actually, I think the category of the last two tips we've got, because we've looked at the practicalities in terms of how do we coordinate working times. Mm. And we've spoken about the importance of downtime and also about how to communicate the importance of communicating with employers, colleagues, clients, or that kind of thing. But let's not forget about the children. <laughs> yeah, mostly up to now we've been like, how can we avoid the children or keep them how in the background we get the work done? or asleep? <laughs> but, you know, it's going to be a big interruption for them too. So mm-hmm. tip number six is, and seven really, they kind of mm. roll into one, but tip number yeah. six is what are the strategies that we can put in place to make sure that the kids have something to do? Yeah. Whether it's that you go out now to the shops while you still can and buy up a few activities or you spend a little bit of time on Pinterest or something like that to find some activities and make some up so that you've got them stocked and ready to go in the cupboard. 
yeah, be prepared with things for them to do. I'm in quite a few homeschool communities online and there's been lots of talk about this because for obvious reasons, really, by the homeschool communities about what are all these people whose children are in (laughs) traditional education going to do now they have to homeschool their children. And actually, interestingly, the majority of posts that I have read have actually advised not to bother with school because they're sort of saying that there's already enough instability and uncertainty going on for children and if they've just been pulled out of school away from their normal routine away from their friends away from what they what they know Mm. that's actually quite scary and concerning Mm. and so most people are suggesting look let's just not worry about school let's just let the kids play and be kids and if they want to read reading is one thing that everybody's saying read 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 because you can never read too much but let's not stress about the formal education because they'll be okay let's not add more pressure on top of the trying to look after the kids trying to work now trying to educate them all that kind of stuff I was more thinking definitely around the planned activity so that they can look after themselves, which I know doesn't work (laughs) for little ones, but I mean, it does to some extent, like you can, sometimes you can have the activity set up and they can be occupied for quite some time. And look, everyone's going to have to make their own choices about what those activities are. You know, you're going to have to make some decisions around the amount of technology that you use, iPads and TV and so on, whether it's books or whether it's things like water activities or who wants to do the messy activities like painting. Um, you know, yeah, not me. <laughs> I have taken the risk sometimes of setting up those activities and just leaving the kids to go for mm. it. Mm. But if they're in the garden, then not not too much can happen. Yeah, and you just have to be <laughs> prepared that it's going to be a mess and probably not what you anticipate when you get back to them Mm. and be okay with that and ready to Mm. smile and say, Mm. oh, that's good. I'm glad you had fun and you didn't bother me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I guess tip number seven, as much as you're trying to set them up with activities and leave them alone to not bother you, tip number seven would be to spend some time with them too. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Because it's going to be really hard, like we said, you know, not only we said earlier about the need for some time for yourself, but also some family time because it can be quite stressful trying to fit in all of the work, all of the childcare, all of the stuff without... um, and in a way that you can't really because your normal support systems are gone. Yeah. So, you know, you don't want to feel overwhelmed and you don't want yeah. them to feel like they're second rate either. Yeah. And also, like I said, bearing in mind that they're feeling the stress and the concern yes. because their normal life doesn't look quite the same either. So being able to and making sure we prioritize that and trying to keep some sense of normality and obviously depends on the ages of the children, but protecting them from it in some way yeah depending on how old they are and what their understanding is Mm. my sister for those of you who are previous listeners Katrina Alilovich who's a psychologist who's appeared on the podcast before is in the process of putting together an article on how to talk to your children about the coronavirus so yeah so when we have that finished I'll make sure that it's attached as to this episode in the show notes and if you want to find it then you could just search up Katrina Alilovich on LinkedIn because I'm pretty sure that's where she's going to be publishing it. So check it out there because I think it is important that we educate them about what's happening in a way that's suitable for their age without overwhelming them as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if there's interest, maybe we can ask her to come and talk to us about it too. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely see if this keeps escalating the way it is, it, it could get more intense. So that's our seven tips for how to deal with working from home when you've got your kids around in some kind of enforced self-isolation situation. 
What we haven't really talked about is how you can be effective and productive at working from home, leaving aside kids. Now, I put together a short little LinkedIn article on five tips for managing remote workers for employers. And the opposite really kind of goes for employees. So, you know, a few things to keep in mind are things like, you know, does your employer have a written policy around working from home, making sure that you've got arrangements for keeping in touch with your employer so you know what's happening on a daily basis, you know, make sure you're using technology to the best of your advantage. And uh, switching off was definitely one of my my mm. tips. Um, and finally, that thing that we've already sort of discussed a bit in this episode, just having some clear expectations around what it is that you can achieve or are expected to achieve when you're working from home. Yeah, they're good tips. They're good yeah. tips. And we've covered strategies for flexible working in the past. So if that does apply to you, go back and search through our archives for flexible working because those are the kinds of topics that we've spoken about then. Mm. Okay, so good luck to you if you are going to be working from home and your kids are going to be there too. And fingers crossed that the coronavirus doesn't get a big foothold into Australia. Fingers crossed. In many ways, we're lucky that we can follow on and we can see what's happening in other countries and it hasn't kind of hit us first, so we can be prepared. But look, yeah, we hope you're doing okay. Yeah. Hope everyone's coping. Absolutely. So that's it from us today. We're going to be back next week with some more regular kind of episodes. So we'll see you then. Happy juggling. Happy juggling.